Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Local voices, local conversations. Thanks for joining us once again on NapaBroadcasting.com. We've done several programs lately about downtown. We did a three-part historical conversation with Greg Cole. We had a conversation not too long ago with Craig Smith talking about downtown and his ideas about what was going on downtown. In fact, he wanted to see it become a little more Disney-esque. The bottom line is that right now, one man is shaping the future of downtown. And yes, he has partners and lots of people helping him. But it's Todd Zapolsky's vision that will be reflected in the future of downtown Napa for the next 30 plus years. Who is Todd Zapolsky? What is his vision? And how is his effort that Kevin Courtney refers to as the Zapolsky Empire proceeding? We're going to find out today. It is my pleasure to welcome Todd Zapolsky to the program. Todd, thanks for coming in. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. First of all, tell us a little bit about how you came to Napa. Give us a little bit of well, history. First, I know first you I were. A, I got Greg Cole and historic. I thought that was an interesting comparison. I mean, I, well, it was really interesting. Greg came in. We were going to talk about him uh, selling the restaurant. And for, we wound up doing an hour and a half Celadon. about the history of you know the first Celadon, what yeah. downtown was like then. And we just sort of walked through it. It wound up being a, a three-part program, but it was, um, was a lot of fun. And that, that may be the right lead-in to your question, and that is that I don't go back. I think Greg, I think 17, 18 years is what he's right. been in the market. So, uh, you know, I first came to, to Napa, I think, into downtown in 96. So, boy, that's, that's I guess, in the 17, almost 20-year right. range. Um and I came uh, to to visit uh, a friend then, a fellow who had bought a, a winery property up Valley. And uh, I stayed at the Embassy Suites and uh, thought, well, here I am. I might as well go see Napa and walked from the Embassy Suites to downtown and looked around and went, huh? <laughs> this, right. is, this is it. This is 96 when clearly the image and the feel of Napa was only, you know, relatively young in its Wine center. Young is being kind. I mean, yeah. all the action was up Valley at yeah. that point. And even that was, you know, just still 10, 15 years, whatever right. it been. So uh, that was my first, you know, venture into downtown Napa. Uh, and then uh, and a couple of years later, I uh, formed a company with that same gentleman and uh, in really 99 started to be here in this market from a real estate investment point of view and saw some things were going on at that time that clearly were of interest, and we had our office in the East Coast. We still do. You know, we have an office in, in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, and then by 2001, two invested more in the whole Bay Area, San Francisco and Napa. Uh, so I've been through uh, and watched the area uh, change from what it was in 96 to almost 2016. And uh, so my background is been investment real estate since the the early 80s and i've seen markets other parts around the country go through similar change and uh you know it's a it's a good thing and 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 one that also i guess gets some people concerned is what is that you know is it going to be better are we taking away things that we're we love and we're used to but it's part of you know evolution of all all that goes on right when you started looking more actively in 2001, as you say, how much did the flood control project, the opening of Copia in 2001, how much did that have to do with your thoughts about how Napa was changing? 
Oh, I think it was it was critical. Uh, yeah, the flood project had started, you know, I guess about then. About then, and right. you know, I wasn't really that aware of it or in tune to it. But you certainly were aware of, and and I've been here during floods, and that certainly discourages anyone to make investment when you're going to be underwater, literally. Uh, so, I think it was a combination of what that did from a uh, you know operational point of view that it became an area that you could feel comfortable to make investment and would remain you know and we'll see with this potential El Nino this year uh, of what what rains would do from Napa River. But also, I think what it did is it changed the aesthetics of Napa uh, areas that have been over time industrial and you know turned their back on the river became cleaned up. So you had a double benefit, one from a just a physical plant point of view with, with the river no longer flooding, but also the new bridges, the cleanup of the water bank, you know, like uh, you know San Antonio, you saw it become a positive versus, oh, that was that ugly thing over there. There was then, and, and there still is to some extent, you were referring to it in terms of, of the resistance to change. They were back then a lot of people that resisted that change that was taking place. A lot of people that liked it the way it was, that didn't want to see Napa become what it, what it's becoming today. To what extent were you hearing that at the time, and did was that of concern? No, most definitely, and, and, and actually had the opportunity uh, to acquire the original, the, 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 so the heart of our property, which is the old Napa Town Center. You know, we, we are now a district of, I think we have six different properties, so Napa Townsend being just one. But that parcel was available in 2006, five, 2005, 2006. I didn't think it was time. I didn't sense that Napa was ready, the market was ready for that uh, part of or the downtown to take what is, uh, we hope, the next step and becoming a much more uh, you know, interesting place in the way of retail and food and places for the locals and the regional and the, 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 the visitors to, uh-huh. to experience. So, you know, I was around when Harry Martin was in the council and various other people that were very well-meaning, but they certainly had a, an agenda and a concern for what change meant. And, uh, you know, so that clearly has uh, made way for, I think, things that are very progressive that most people are champion. Why do you think retail has lagged so far behind so many of the other changes we've seen in downtown? Certainly restaurants have, have gone crazy and more and more tasting rooms and, and the wine business. But retail has really been, been a laggard. Well, I mean, that's often what people are surprised by because uh, in, in many locations you have retail and the restaurants come later. You create that activity in the restaurants and right. feed off that activity. Napa is that strange, uh, you know, reverse situation, and it's clearly because the, the 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 wine experience pairs well with food. You get people who are passionate about the things that involve that culture, and you have uh, French Laundry and the things that then spur other similar, uh, you know, uh, businesses that, that play off that. So it's. It, it's a very uh, young uh, uh, market for the kind of retail we're now looking to bring to the community. You had great local shops. You had wonderful uh, homegrown as well as some regional, even a couple of national people here over the years. 
but our market has changed, and it's been a building block process that may allow us to do what we're doing now. And even as Napa has begun to change before you came became involved with, with the scope of the current town center project, there were a lot of national retailers that kind of came around, kicked the tires, and, and felt, as you did, that it wasn't time yet. Correct, and a few came. I mean, you remember Talbot's was downtown. Right. Uh, but with the retail, and we're seeing it more so even today than it was 10 years ago, the brands themselves have their own challenges. Uh, Talbot's came to downtown when downtown was, you know, at the, at the other side of the curve. It right. was still very much a local market. You had certainly certain people that could shop there, but it was not bringing in the regional shopper. Talbot's as a concept had its issues nationally. So it wasn't even just the Napa market. It was their brand trying to readjust itself to what it should be. So you've had coming and going, but it's been a very different world. Uh, I often talk to people, even from San Francisco, and I go, okay, when was the last time you were in downtown Napa? They'll usually say two or three years, but when you really question, it's five or six. Right. And they go, there's nothing there. I say, well, come, come see it now. And they're astounded. You know, they've been driving by it. They haven't been paying attention to it. They think of it as it was, not what it is and not what it can be. Uh, certainly Oxbow, the opening you mentioned earlier, I think Copia was, was a very important part of the, the, the re-positioning, let's say, or the, the, the potential for downtown is it, it, it created a recognition that Napa could be more uh, than what had been a sort of a small uh, community that, that served well, but was now being part of a certainly national, if not international, recognition. Right. What impact, if any, have the outlets had on retail in downtown Napa? Yeah, I don't know. Um, there, there's some, I guess, you know, if you look at it from a, a, a people we deal with, some of the national tenants, the outlets are saying, okay, well, there's been those brands there. They seem to have done reasonably well. But as you're probably aware, that's a small outlet center. Right, that, very that is, small. That is right. not really what they do these days. Uh and, you know, we've had some folks that say national tenants that won't come there here because either they have an outlet there or they just it's not quite their thing. So I, I, I don't know if it really works for us or against us in, in what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit about what you're trying to do, what the vision is for, for all these properties that you're talking about. Obviously, there's the Archer Hotel as the centerpiece, which is begun construction or at least the early, right. early stages. But talk a little bit about the overall vision. Well, yeah, the vision started out with uh, one building. That was the old Dunn building. Mm -hmm. we, we acquired that in 2011. And that stood alone. It's about nine, almost 10,000 square foot building. And we said, okay, if, if we can get that, that's sort of the hole in the middle. Then we looked at the Napa Town Center, which then added the, the Merrills and the old bank building. Uh, then we added the Gordon building, and then, uh, you know, last May we added the Parkway Plaza, which is Coles and the shop right. space uh, there on First Street. So the vision has been growing. It's been saying, okay, how do we take a significant part of downtown that has been a bit of a vacant hole and fill it in and create that, so what we call our match to the fire, of uh, what the whole area can be. So, you know, right now we have a district. We have basically... Um, you know, much if not most of uh, what is called downtown one, that the Napa specific plan, you know, way before we got here, took about three years of community involvement to create. 
which said, here are these red dotted lines in this part of town that we want to see vibrant. We have the highest uh, zoned uh, area in the valley. And so we've been fortunate to put it all together to the point that we pretty much now uh, own, control, or are able to work with almost five acres, four blocks of downtown. So it's, it's to create a uh, eclectic, fun, uh, diverse area for primarily retail with some food and beverage in hospitality. Someday maybe residential, someday maybe more office. But uh, what the intent of the specific plan was, which is to make this part of the Valley very exciting. How critical is the hotel piece to the ultimate success of the retail in terms of bringing the retailers in, getting them to commit? It was interesting, in the beginning, we didn't even have that on the plan. I mean, it was only because we had the ability through the specific plan to go 75 feet high. We went, okay, how do we do that? You can't do that with retail. Uh, that we said, well, maybe hotels. And then the hotel interest got stronger and stronger, and you're aware of what's going on now in the market. It's very hot. Right. But we have the Andas, which is a, it's a great property and creates a lot of energy on the west side of, of the, the town. And with Archer, 183 rooms, you know, we're now going to be you know, a third larger than that. And if you look at just numbers, you, know, you put with that hotel somewhere in the range of 80,000 people on the street per year because of that property who are 90, 95% qualified to do business with the people we're bringing to the district. Powerful. Because to have that, what we don't have in Napa is we don't have a big population. You know, right. We're not looking to have a big population. But we do have a big draw from people who are driving here for the day, people staying overnight. And that gives us the potential to bring things here that wouldn't normally come for our size population. So it's very important. Which raises this issue that, that you hear in, in the local discussion of this all the time. Well, is it for the locals? Yeah. Is it for the tourists? Well, it's for everybody, but, yeah. but I don't know why it has to be thought of as it often is as kind of a zero-sum game. Uh, well, obviously, we, <laughs> right. we, we're fully, fully in, 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 in agreement with you. You know, look, I'm local and, and most you know, our staff's all local. I mean, we're not, we're not flying in here and doing this and getting out of town. Uh, you know, so, you know, I get a little concerned when that word's used, you know, whether you want to go as local as a napkin or, you know, local as someone that grew up here or whatever you want to call it, or the person that moved in last week, they're now local. Uh, you know, the, the part that I tend to push back on is the opportunity we have would not have been available if the locals truly supported downtown. I mean, right. if, it, if it was such a thing that was so important, it would be going. We never had the opportunity. So in order to us to create something that brings this kind of things for the locals and improves our area, we also have to make it such that visitors want to come and they do want to spend their money and spend their time. And it works for everybody. You've worked, you mentioned, you know, North Carolina, you've looked at real estate deals in other places. Is this a common debate or is this something it's somewhat Napa-centric, this, this argument that takes place in terms of development. Is it for the locals? Is mm. it for visitors? Who's it for? Who is it serving? You know, up Valley, we hear the local serving debate all right. the time. Is this something that's kind of indigenous to, to the culture here in the Valley, or is this something that, that you see in other projects and other places? Well, I, there's sort of two, two facets of answering that. One, Clearly it is because not everyone, not, not all communities can have, have what I think is 
a great, uh, you know, let's say a luxury benefit we have in that we do attract people from all over who come here to experience the Napa Valley. Uh, you know, you don't have people going to other parts of the country to experience it. They already live there or they're in that area. Certainly they have certain visitors, right. but, you know, where our office is in Durham, North Carolina, has a certain amount of visitors because of Duke University, the medical programs. But the, the national visitor is not the driver. It is the regional pull. Uh, the other part of the question is back to development, change, all that. That's age old. I mean, anywhere you are that you make something different. I mean, we've been involved in taking buildings that were built 20 years ago and, and either rebuilding them. People, oh, my gosh, that's historic. You know, it's 20 years. Uh, people get – they're used to patterns. They're used to seeing things. You change it. But, hey, how many people would like to see Oxbow go away today? Oxbow is a, a, a thing we all look at and say that's a wonderful part of our community. One is partly for tourists. Two, it is relatively new, you know. <laughs> but now it's a fabric piece that I think that would be considered historic in a few years. Right. So, you know, I've had people who were in their 90s reach out to me, some very supportive of doing, others saying, oh, I miss what I – I get that. I mean, it's, it's tough to have things, but most people embrace it. Mm -hmm. What kind of retail do you envision in the shops down there? What kind of retailers are you going after, national, regional? Well, I think that's something that you and I touched on before we went on the air, and that is about technology and the issues of change being outside of real estate of just how we all live, your show, this being now online versus being a normal right. radio station that we all would have listened to only 10 or 15 years ago. So retail is not what it was. Uh, we had a great store that was a wonderful store in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s, McCullough's. Great operator, great people. They were good for us. But their business plan had changed. Their consumer had changed. Are they still there? Yes, but they're shopping in different ways. So we are having to address retailers that are going to be around and be successful 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, working off where the overall market is going. You know, your listeners or your tap-ins, whatever you call them now, right. Uh, you've got a varied group of people. Some are very technology-oriented. Others are less so. But that's becoming, you know, technology is taking over everywhere. So we have to work with retailers that, that, that understand that and can deal with that. So it is a lot of uh, retail that's very experiential. I mean, that, that you, you get an excitement by going there and you get to feel touch. You get to understand the product they're creating or something unique that you want to see rather than buy online. You know, uh, you, you know, an electronic store is tough for us to have, but a, 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 a particular custom clothing is more of interest or cosmetics or, uh, you know, various type of things that, that you want to go see and be in, in, in experience. I mean, it's all very different. I mean, you'd go to um, Corte Madera, mm -hmm. to, to the shopping center there. And there's now, right in the middle of the shopping center, there's a Tesla showroom right. as, as one of the, the stores. Right. And that's um, because, they, you know, that's where you see it. And it's, it's not a showroom. It's just right. a store that you get to pick it and look it online and virtual. You get to and, play and yeah, that's yeah. it. And we've talked to different car dealerships over the years and have had similar conversations about would you want a place in, in Napa to showcase like that. And there's interest. And that's probably our bigger challenge is we're trying to think ahead. Uh, and, and that's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. When you hear all the, the, the sort of community interest, I want this kind of store, <laughs> I want that kind of store, 
<laughs> How do you process that? I mean, you just listen we to listen. it. And we listen. Like, we listen. We listen in. You know, being in this business for, oh gosh, over 30 years, you know, I've had this for my whole career where people think that because they want it, it should come. Right. Where retail is a very fundamental, basic business, unlike office, residential, all that. These tenants are very clear on what they have to do to survive. More so than ever because their information is more clear. Their their number of stores are less. They're actually not... They're expanding, but they got a market that's much bigger. So they're expanding, but they're expanding over the world, not just the United right. States. So, you know, the classic one is Apple. We get Apple all the time. Why is Apple coming? Or, you know, well, but look at their options. I mean, they're, they're in Shanghai. They're in small communities in China we've never heard of that have two or three million people that they can market to. You know, Napa is only so big, even with our visitors. So, you know, would they like to come here? Of course. They like our market. They like our demographics. But they have so many options. Right. And and so, there's a certain expectation in terms of number of customers. I mean, you know, yeah. Apple is, is the most ridiculous example, I suppose, when you hear that because of what they they're expect more, more per ridiculous. square. I've per, had a lot of ridiculous uh, ones. But they're, what but what they're they expect well per square foot in the store, which is the highest of any any retailer yeah. in the country. Oh, yeah. they're still, they're still uh, you know, one of the highest uh, because of the, you know, their product right. and how they – but, yeah, I think that's probably, you know, if I get the most requested, I think that's the most requested retailer we get. Uh, is Apple coming. Um, you know, then it goes from there. And and some, you know, with McCullough's coming out, they say, well, can we get Nordstrom? Uh, believe me, we'd love to have them. But Nordstrom does not have any stores that they'll do in this size market, period. And they're obviously not driven by the visitor so much. So we, we like to have them, but their business plan now doesn't match up. Right. And, and, Sorry and, to announce that. No, and, I'm not and, coming. <laughs> right, it's fine. And, and the retail business, as you say, is changing and probably will change even a little more by the time the project is finished. As I said earlier, yeah. that's the hardest part because all of our you know aspects of society are moving at clips that we're not used to. I mean, you know, how long ago that we all went to our CD store or at record store, right. and now that is a, a gone retail cut, you know, we had video stores. You know, there are no more video stores. Uh, you know, and that took five, ten years. Now we're seeing it move in two or three years. So that's why I'm saying we're being very careful. We're trying to figure out who is in there that can reinvent, can stay up, and take in the people that are now being adjusted because of, of you know, all the differences in the world. What impact has it had on your business, on the development business, people that are in the, the retail development, shopping center development business? It has to have uh, thinned the herd somewhat. Or thinned my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's happened. Uh, yeah, I, you, you, you adjust it. I think it's, um, you know, I've been through four, I think, cycles in real estate. So each one you gain some, lose some. Uh, but I think it's, it's, it is, a, I think, a tougher business than it was uh, in, in the past because you your competition is so much more uh, tight uh, again because information because of lack of uh, people just expanding and doing stuff so you know I, when I deal with folks that want to come into real estate business I said Psh, don't do that <laughs> there are other things you can do that are a lot easier to, to, to get ahead than trying to be in real estate today but it's what I know and I'm you know, I'm, I'm too old to change. What are you seeing in terms of the demographic of the Napa visitor and how that's impacting potential retail? Well, a lot. Uh, you know, the, the, those that have heard me so speak on this, I've, my often quoted line is, when I came to Napa, I was young, and Napa was old. 
now I'm old and Napa's young. Uh, you know, we've seen it because, you know, our office is in downtown. We're there every day. I, I think the two things that I say are most evident from the people walking the streets is a younger demographic, not like kids, but I'm saying like younger in the, you know, maybe the 21 to, mm-hmm. to, to 35 year millennials. olds. Millennials. Yeah, that are here and they're spending money. Right. That was not true. And when Bottle Rock, the first time uh, when it happened, you know, there were a lot of concerns. You probably did shows about uh, what was going to happen. The one thing I was hoping for, which I believe has truly happened, is it drew a lot of people in from the Bay Area of an age group that realized, hey, I can go to Napa. There's something there for me. And that there's really great restaurants. I don't need to be a wine geek. I don't need to feel, you know, like, oh, God, I can't go there. I don't know what a Cabernet is versus something else. There's so much else here. There are more people coming here who don't drink. And is they, they see the, the, the healthy lifestyle and the things they can do. And and we're trying to bring shopping as part of that so that rounds out the full experience. That plus the international traveler. I mean, we're seeing uh, more and more people coming from around the world uh, to the area. Talk a little bit about what this time frame is for the hotel, the shops, and, and what is the, the schedule at the moment. And of course, those things are all subject to change, but what does it look like? Yeah, the worst thing is printing signs saying coming certain day because right. you know that's not ever going to happen. It, it just seems like you, you curse yourself by that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were doing well, and then we had a little blip. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the community, uh, the public officials, the city staff have been very embracing, wonderful to work with us and try to help us move this along. But in the press, you probably saw that we, we had a uh, hotel workers union right. try to hold up the hotel. And they had their agenda, and that's fine. We understood that. But unfortunately, we were collateral damage. And we got through that, but we lost a solid six months on the hotel construction. And our retail, those that don't understand the site, is so reliant on that hotel, not so much for bringing their clients, which helps, but the construction, it dominates our site so much. So we could not deliver and expect people to open new retail shops while the hotel was fully under construction, some of which is in that building. So until we could get a delivery date for that, we couldn't re-ramp up our marketing and say, okay, here's the opening date. So we've had to recalibrate for that. Uh, We are still on, we've been pushing for a fall 2016 uh, opening of uh, the project with our retail, meaning they'll start opening, drifting into the end of 16, probably into the early 17. The hotel is still uncertain because of, you know, their construction schedule. We'll know Mm -hmm. a bit more as we move. But they're under construction. We should see steel in the air shortly. Uh, They're fully funded. Their contract is let. It's go, go, go. But it's a process. And, uh, yeah, we'll know more about that. But we're hopeful by end of 16 they're open as well. Are there any more pieces to be added to it? You mentioned the Parkway Plaza piece, which was the most recent. Yeah. Is is it done, or are there more pieces to be potentially added to it? Yeah, I mean, I think we think we're, we're, we're done. You, you never know. But it, you know, I've seen projects like this where people get carried away and they start going three blocks over and wherever else. You know, that's not our interest. I mean, when we invest in other things as a company and be involved in other things, certainly in downtown or Napa, sure. But for what we're doing, we think we're there. I mean— we go from uh, Main Street to to Franklin. Uh, you know, we go from first to to Clay to Pearl. We have a heck of a location with 250,000 square feet of retail, 183 room hotel, uh, opportunities for hopefully some other density over time. 
uh, that's plenty. <laughs> so, but you never say never. And I don't know if there's anything else that would make sense. You know, there are other property owners within you know our sort of district. We work well with them. We look for them, but they're you know they're smaller properties. And if for some reason that got incorporated at some point, you never know. But I, I don't think so. I think at this point we've we've got our full. Well, we'll continue to watch it grow. Todd Sapolsky, I thank you so much for coming in and talking with us. Well, we appreciate it, and thanks all that's listening in and for the support, and come shop. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.